Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, um, and I don't have anything with you to say. Uh, I'm Jay, and I'm kind of in like a sleep-deprived stupor today, so Jeez. we'll blame it on that if <laughs> if I say anything even more dumb than normal. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh, and uh, yeah, I didn't know there was going to be a witty requirement. <laughs> <laughs> We've only been doing this for how many episodes now? <laughs> I mean, I used to have a list of dad jokes, right? To pull me through this kind of stuff. True. Uh, I I did hear a good dad joke the other day, Josh. Oh, tell me more. Uh, I'll screw it up, but it was basically, you know, dad holding out his pencil. And he says, this this chewed pencil is, is William Shakespeare's. It's his actual pencil, and he chewed it so much that you can't tell if it's to be or not to be. <laughs> I revel in the stupidity. <laughs> it's nearly as stupid as whatever show Jay is talking about on the Discord chat that he just watched. <laughs> Should I know something about that show, by the way, Jay? Um, so I had multiple friends recommend it to me. Are we using friends in air quotes here? No, no. Okay, I just didn't know if following the recommend had ruined your friendship. I wanted to check. No, well, I mean, I mean, it was it was like six half hour episodes. Oh, okay. It's not super long. Okay. Yeah, the the pilot was forty five minutes, and and like I and like there had been quite a bit of buzz besides my friend recommends, and so I was like, I want to check this out, and I got most of the way through it, and, and sorry, I'm not sure if I said this, but the show is. The rehearsal on HBO. You didn't say and, that. I'm waiting for you to tell me all about the premise, etc. Um, it's such a weird premise. So he is he like the first episode is this guy who joined a bar trivia team, okay. and then he lied about uh, that he had a master's. And he did this, he lived this lie for years. And so he wanted to finally come clean, but he was afraid that he was going to lose friendships if he did it. And so Nathan Fielder, who is the creator of the show, he's a comedian. He meets with him and he tells him that he will run him through simulations until he's already practiced every variable that can happen. And so like he creates this replica bar that... <laughs> and that they hire actors that play out all the different permutations that could happen. And then finally it goes through him. It shows him going and having the interaction with the person. 
Wait, and is, the, is the interaction the last episode of the season? No, that that's the end of the pilot. And then oh oh okay. Then then episode two through six is mainly about a woman who is like super Christian and in her late thirties and wants to experience having a kid. And so they do a simulation of her raising a kid in Oregon on a two acre farm, but they age the kid to from like infant to 18 in three months. And so she gets an abbreviated experience of it with different actors coming in as the kid. Wait, is and this like a reality show? No, it's, I this is a sitcom? I don't know. I don't know what this was supposed to be. <laughs> and I got I, I got like I am like so glad that I asked about this, even though all I can feel is terror right now. I mean it I, I actually I just got I just got this reply from, from Hacksaw on Twitter where I said like I don't understand what I just watched. And if it was supposed to be funny, like I didn't get it at all. And uh, his his reply was, it's not meant to be funny in my view. There are funny moments, but the host is really just a non-neurotypical person who wants you to understand his view of the world. Rehearsing things can help you, but sometimes it can go too far. Like simulating raising a child in three months. Yeah, I like I I I I I got to episode like four or five and I was like, and that was still in the child rearing simulation. Yeah, I'm like episode two through six are are the child rearing simulation <laughs> and and so i'm i'm like i'm gonna finish this because something's going to happen no something's <laughs> going to happen in like the final episode that makes this all make sense oh <laughs> it was the fomo took over and nothing happened to make this make sense now i want so. jay to like write an episode of like what you know what would have made this make sense at the end I don't. Like my, I don't know. My imagination isn't even capable. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 it kind of reminds me also of. Have either of you? I had another friend who who recommended another. Uh, I I watched it on HBO. I think it might have been on other stations as well. But there's a a TV show called Joe Para. Have Have either of you heard of this? No. So it is. Basically, it's okay. So it was on Adult Swim. The name of the show was Joe Para Talks You to Sleep. <laughs> and okay. that is literally what it is. Oh <laughs> like it's, it's him in this, I don't know, uh, Ohio rural town, just like meeting people or doing things. But it's like the most boring thing that you have ever watched in your life. And and my friends are like, this is so genius and amazing. And I'm like, but it's not. <laughs> I don't understand. What in the heck? What is happening with television these days? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I won't be watching that anytime soon. Thanks. Okay. So, anyways, there you have it. Um, as far as uh, the things... Related to gaming and purchasing happiness through Discount Games, Inc., uh, may I recommend to you the League of Votan? Uh, at least I assume mm. that's how you say it. Something like that. Space but dwarves. This is, these are the new Space Wars that uh, 
from the leaks are completely unbalanced and are your only hope of ever winning the game of 40k again. Uh, so get them while they're hot. <laughs> the, uh, the army the box workshop nerf them. Does nerfing happen by uh, GW? I forget. I mean, no. Yeah, probably at some point. Or, I mean, I mean, they'll, it's, they'll it's, release it's, a new hotness. Yeah, it's the process oh, of, of having a new sure. hotness released over the top of your previous hotness. Mm-hmm. That's how so, the creep is achieved. I, I'm not doing a very good job of of pitching buying this army box. It feels like, <laughs> but if you like space dwarfs, I've I'm told that they look great. So they do look great. I uh, they're impressive. The models are really really well done. I I am told that is the case. Yes. But the problem is that trying to convince Jay of that is like trying to convince Trevor that there was a beautiful elf once. <laughs> oh no, they're all beautiful elves. I, I don't I'm very have a problem excited. With their, I don't have a problem with their beauty. You just hate them. I'm very excited for uh, Trevor to start Rings of Power and and gnash his teeth at all of the the elf is, uh, is, is it like everywhere. Is it like 100 percent elves? No, no there's, I mean there's, there's a human. One. There's also there's one human. I know of one. I mean, look, I haven't watched it yet, Trevor. So oh. take whatever I say with many. Yeah, there's there's some humans, things. and there are. Um, progenitor hobbits that are very dirty with a lot of twigs and acorns in their hair. <laughs> and I don't okay. know why I don't know why that improved the, hobbits. the internet. Oh, you don't know why it improved oh, the hobbits. Well, well, I mean, it, it, it triggered the internet because some of them were black. Yeah. So horrible garble. Okay. Whatever. That's not going to trigger me. What'll trigger garble, me if it's, garble. if it's, if it's 99% else that will trigger me. Um, I mean, there is the the main character of the show is Galadriel, and so she gets a lot of miss Rain. Yes, and then there's also a I, because of course they had to have this stupid trope, but there is a uh, black male elf that falls in love with a human. And to so, see the wood elf. For, uh, I was yeah. falling in love with Galadriel. Come on, get get your crap together, wood elf. <laughs> Fortunately, so far, it was mostly only in, like, the, the pilot that they did the stupid love story stuff, so. Yeah, I don't I don't need a love story in my Tolkien. I just don't. Yeah, I what? mean. What are you talking about? Aragorn and Eowyn? Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't need that. What? It, it didn't need to be oh there. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. I forgot. I mean, for once, I'm. For once, I agree with Trevor. With Trevor. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not important to the story. That must be. I mean, it's. it's it's not as bad as the Hobbit movies, and oh the, gosh, why did man, you even talk about damning with faint praise? <laughs> yes. So anyway, uh, we are going to talk some more about more War Machine stuff, and so they they did an insider where they they explained a little bit more about how Cadres 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 one of those two uh, work. I'm sure the French will accept either version of that, Jay. Uh, I'm pretty sure they would accept neither version of how I said it. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right. Uh, and they also talked a little bit about mercenaries. Um, and and I've also I did an interview on the meta with um, Matt Wilson recently that you can go check out where Look we covered. Look at you name dropping. That's right. We covered a lot of stuff, and it included. Uh, I shook hands with the governor the other day. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, 
Did you know that he's no true conservative? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a behind the paywall comment. I uh, yeah, right. Shut my mouth. <laughs> um. Uh, so real quick, I, I'll talk. I'll start off, I guess, talking about Mercs because uh, they're it's they're fairly simple to explain. It feels like. Uh, so one of the things that that Matt said was that. Um, so any mercenary is going to say instead of being like you know uh, prisoner one zero two eight two two instead of being like this mercenary works for Signar instead what they're going to say is what armies they work with and so uh, this mercenary works with grave diggers or works with uh, storm legion or you know etc. Um, and so that's just, just that's, because they work for one army in a faction does not mean they will work for the, any correct, others. correct. Yeah. And the other, the other big thing that he talked about was that there's not, so there's not going to be a, you know, quote unquote mercenary faction, uh, in the new edition. Um, but there could be something like, you know, if the example he gave was if, they decided to make a dwarf faction uh, and that faction had two armies in it. Uh, one of the armies could be like a, a hearth guard army and full of dwarves. And then the other one could be, you know, essentially the, the dwarf mercenaries that were familiar from, from Mark three. And that army would be within the, that new dwarf faction and that one army that is also a lot of it is comprised of mercenaries. Many of them could potentially also work for other armies, but that would be kind of the way that mercenaries would have, you know, factions or armies. It wouldn't be a, just a flat mercenary army. So, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I think it I does. Ask- I, I, I want to talk about how it is now and how it feels like, so I'm just going to throw my hat in there and say that this is superior to the way it is now, to the way it was. Okay. Because because the way it was before, it felt very incongruous. Like you could play dwarves as one of your uh, lists that you brought to a tournament, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and then you could bring privateers or right, whatever, right. whatever it was. And it just it was like it just felt like this really weird no cohesion. Yeah, no cohesion. So this is the opposite of that in that you know we're going to have factions that are you know you. Under their description, it will say these guys are mercenaries. They, you know, they love to work for the highest bidder, but they're not part of some greater "quote unquote" mercenary faction. And I, I, I prefer that. The part I want to talk about, though, is the part where he, uh, in the article at least, they mention how uh, minions and mercs uh, for legacy are going to be combined. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get Josh's opinion on this. Oh, I want to give it. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Uh, well, I didn't read it, so you're gonna have to explain that part to me. Where, where does it say it? Um, in the article, it says mercenaries will not be. Uh, let's see, it says mercenaries will not be a faction unto themselves. Okay. And then it goes on and says legacy mercenaries and minions have been regrouped into cohesive and contained armies for the prime arena, and that cannot be conclude, included in other prime arena armies. Minions have also been streamlined under the mercenary banner and no longer referenced as a separate faction. So I honestly, I actually, uh, I mean, there's so many ways it could go wrong still, but like I feel good about the them not being a separate faction, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel dis- I feel uncomfortable by the sentence cannot be included in other Prime Arena Legacy armies because that feels like that's going to limit their use. But maybe I'm misunderstanding what that's really telling me. Th- that's telling you that Scorn cannot take um, uh, Bone Graders. No, no more, no more Disciples of Agony. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, well, I feel like sad. It, what I what feel it means is a little sad, but like. It's probably okay for me, right? For somebody who's yeah, yeah, just as a, kind of a, as a pure minion player. minions player, right? Yeah, correct. It, it, for you, it's fine. Although I think that you're going to find within your minions army, if they, you know, if they put together a, a minions legacy arena army, um, it's gonna you're there's going to be some models that you would have normally taken that are not going to be available. Models okay, that were not, not specifically pigs or gators that were instead more of a generalist minion you may have had in your list that just oh sure yeah will no longer be available to you yeah so i guess going forward do we expect to ever see a a mark four gator faction or pig faction do you think they'll leave that stuff behind not for a while i think you'll see it eventually but because that's what part that's part of what this reset does for them right is it's like it kind of opens a whole bunch of opportunities back up again Am I wrong? I, I feel like that's what it does. Um, kind of gives them this whole new runway, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess it was your question that it's not going to happen, or that it's going to be a long time before it happens. No, well, my question he, is, is he it was ever asking going if to it happen? was going to happen, and my answer I think was, it will. It'll be a long time. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree more with Josh. I mean, there, I kinda... there will be. I think they will. There will be an army within some sort of faction that. That has a Gatorman army. Yeah, right. That's a good so, way to say it. So my thought is that there might be a minions army coming in Mark Four of some sort. You know, this style of minions, but I don't think it'll ever be Gators or Pigs ever again. I think it'll be something. Meaning like it'll kind of be like a mixed force, no matter what kind of thing. No, no, no. I think it'll be something completely different, like Bog. Oh, Trump. oh, oh. Okay. New zoo or. Yeah, Bogtrog Zoo, something or Gothian minnows or something. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what it is, but you know, something that has similar themes, but it won't be labeled minions or anything, obviously. Um, But I just, I don't think you're going to see gators or pigs ever again. I think whatever they come through with in the future will be something completely different. And those two examples, Bogtrogs and Zoo, would be the two that I would most be expecting to see. I think that they would do. Uh, gators before bog trogs, and I mostly just say this from. I mean, I, I guess it's not really very good sample sizes or, or e- even comparisons or whatever. But um, the Gatorman models performed quite yeah. well, sales wise. Yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're making a freaking rad, dude. Yeah, you're making a great point. The, the Gators, if they made a new Gator armory, it would sell well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, frankly. <laughs> I would buy it again, <laughs> right? Because I would like new. You're saying like new 3D printed uh-huh, yeah, yeah. sculpts, right? Yeah. Not just sculpts; they'd be all new units and all new right, right. cards, uh, yeah. stats, all different. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. All this is doing is proving that their Mark IV move was probably wise, because I I could easily be like, <laughs> you know what? Daddy does need a new set of Gator models. <laughs> just when I thought I was out. <laughs> pull me back in. 
what would I'm I'm curious, uh, Trevor? What would what would be like your top, you know, two or three a wish list new factions that would get you excited? Oh, I would have to actually read the fluff tab. So uh, again, I don't know much about this new world that we're moving into. Sure, yeah. Things change in in our own world in history. You know, countries disappeared and new countries rose up with completely different names and different styles. You know, and I'm assuming you're going to see some of that here. That some of these factions are just going to disappear forever. You're never going to see them again. Yeah. They're going to they're yeah. try to to move on to something new. Um. So, I mean, my number one would probably be Zoo. Like, if if they if the the Zoo culture invaded Imran, uh, and they released an army that was totem hunters to the brim i would be just, oh man i would not be able to tazzle worms and totem hunters yeah i almost need you to shut your mouth right now because yeah that would that would get me too i would be i would hate a myself little daddy totem hunter and a little baby totem hunter like, <laughs> yes like, like the, the mandalorian and grogu baby yes. yeah 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 uh i would i would have <laughs> a really hard time avoiding that and probably spending way too much money having them uh, very nicely painted. Um, yeah, that's probably number one. Uh, number two would be some sort of theme on the Beast Handler um, group from Scorn, like just specific Beast Handlers. So uh, specifically, like, most. How worried are you? Is Scorn like chased off the board? Are they like gone? Mm, so my my gut tells me yes. Like gone. Okay. Like I okay. don't think you'll ever see Scorn. And they kind. They got their butt kind of handed to them by the retribution, is that right? That, that could be... I, I honestly don't know. Cause yes, I, it was or, retribution, yeah. basically, yeah. Don't, Which, don't worry, Jay, you can trust your fluff bunny instincts. You, you got it right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't read any of that stuff, so I don't know. Um, the fact that the elves chased the scorn off makes me want to just put the game down for the rest of my life. <laughs> never play ever again it's a completely reasonable reaction yeah but if if you know if the number two faction for me would definitely be a beast handler titan conglomerate like it was if it was heavy heavy titans with, with just basically roving beast like handlers. what if they had been titans that like when the scorn got their nuts kicked in and kicked off the continent like the titans got left behind or you know enough of them got left behind that they started to breed in the wild and like you know savage titans basically so no no warlock no caster of any kind just a bunch of tight a herd of titans <laughs> well when you said like that it sounds you're, even you're, cooler you're, than i thought you're you're selling me on it but i just didn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't think you would see it seems too unlike my my rampant uh speculation is that one of the two uh factions that we we get from hordes next year uh-huh. is going to be like an unholy amalgamation of uh, Menoth and Zoo together. What? Really? Yeah. That is rampant. Well, there is some basis in this. Like the in the Iron Kingdom's role playing books, like basically Tristan went to to Zoo and was like converting them. Oh, so, oh, amazing. <laughs> I would I would be all in on that. So um and probably the third one that would probably get me would be something dwarf based. 
Um, I I'm not a huge fan of the dwarves from Iron Kingdoms. They're just they're because they lean too much into the slow thing. No, that's not the issue. They lean too much into the trying to be different than normal dwarves thing. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think so. One of the things that I always felt like was not strong enough in the game was the Ogren influence in dwarves. So I would really, really, really want to see a new faction come forward that was Dwarven Ogren based and had way more Ogren models in it than what you saw from the Dwarven um, mercenary lists in in editions past. So I, I want to see like a much bigger Ogren presence, um, much bigger, you know, um, construct presence which they were getting there, but it it just feels like this is the perfect time for them to be able to build their vision more clearly from the beginning with a construct dwarven ogren force that was more unified with those three different things rather than getting put together piecemeal as you go over the years. So that that's probably the third one that would really kind of pull me in would be something like that. All right, so are we ready to talk about Codras now? What, you guys yes. aren't going to do your three? Oh. oh. Well, you said a couple of mine already. Well, you can say what he said. <laughs> I mean, like, for me, it's obvious, right? It's Dracodile Riders. <laughs> <laughs> like Muad'Dib on a Dracodile? Is that oh what Oh, my gosh. You took it. You dialed it all the way to 11. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you got me with the zoo stuff. And, like, I'm having a hard time understanding... What, what happened to Grimkin in this new world? Do, any indication of that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, not, not much currently. Uh, that's one of those that I think that if we ever saw again, it would be pretty far out. Yeah, 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 sure. But that one would also suck me back in, for the record. I will say, like, I am I'm enjoying the fluff on the new mercenaries. Is there fluff on the actual armies that I just haven't looked at yet? Uh, there's There's been some fiction and stuff like that, yeah. Baron Rudell has, has written some stories that are free online. Uh, that sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, so I guess things, ones that I would most like to see, I'm trying to think of like stuff based off of factions we already have or had in Mark III. Um, and I'd have to say that Dusk, the, the Vampire Elves faction, is is pretty high up there on stuff that I think that's going to be really cool. Um, you know, there needs to be a new take on bricks, and so I would be interested in that. I guess. Do, do we Especially know what the current if, current status of Crix is? No, I know that. Well, we know that uh, Asphyxus is dead, and Negra is a lich lord. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Denny, can I, is that, can is I add Denny a five? Can I add a fourth to my list then? <laughs> yes. I I was always a big fan of Denegra, so <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You were a fan of Denegra before she was cool. <laughs> no, no, that goes she way back. Cool. She was always cool. You were a Denegra hipster. <laughs> there was, no, there was no point when Denegra was not cool. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was cool before I got to play this game. So. But Mark won Denegra, yes, I played plenty of it, and I have some great stories. All right, well, uh, so do you want to explain Cadres a little bit, Trevor? Sure. Um, so 
cadres are basically a a unit or model that can be taken in multiple armies within a faction. Um, if, and when speaking for, and this is the, and we already knew that part. Um, the part we didn't know um, was that for legacy cadres, um, the most likely cadres are going to be battle engines, colossals, gargantuans, and most likely support models. I did so, not know any of that that you're saying. Yeah. So um, the examples it gives is um, the Legion of Everblight legacy uh, armies are going to their cadres are going to be the spawning vessel, the blighted Nish Shepherd and the succubus. Um, and it doesn't mention them, you know, um, specifically, but it sort of implies that battle engines and gargantuans from would also be part of that cadre. So, um, you know, I, you're going to see things like the stone from Trolls, the Beast Handlers from Scorn. Those are going to be the most likely cadre models. Um, so um, it, it's it's interesting to me, I guess. Um, I, I'm wondering how these are going to be sold for the newer newer forces, because mm-hmm. am, under, am I understanding correctly that the newer forces, you're going to buy an army box and maybe some solos or something, and then your army's going to be mostly complete? How are these? Do you no, know? you're not. You're not even really going to be buying solos. So you'll buy like the starter army, and then there's like basically an add-on army, and then there's you know like jack kits, and, and so my that's it. So let's say that I play a faction. Um, let's say I'm playing Kador, and I'm playing the 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 um sorry I can't remember their names like the the Winter Guard ver- one. And, yeah, the Winter Core, whatever. Yeah, Winter Core. And there's a cadre that's in the other army box. Am I going to have to buy the whole army box to get my one unit? That even though I probably won't play the rest of it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, well, they, they haven't really. Um, and we we don't have. I don't think the skews for it yet to to know. But. Well, let me just say that that's a concern of mine because I I see this sort of thing happening in other games as well, where you end up having to buy a box set to get that one card or to get that one model or whatever it is. And I realize that it limits the number of SKUs that Privateer Press has to uh, market and sell. But gosh, I don't want to have to buy a whole box set just to get one model. This reminds me of... Um, who's, I, mean, who's I the, will say that... Fantasy guy Flight was, Games, trading card uh, games? Or? No, 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 no. Who was the guy with the scroll that you had to buy the box set to get originally? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Herman Henschel. Herman Henschel, yeah. yeah. Like, that... I mean, it irritated me, and I wasn't the only one, obviously. So, I mean, maybe it's just the new world we live in, but... I and another not. another thing that is important is that um well okay to come back to what you were saying i'm i'm somewhat hopeful that it's not going to be um what you're fearing and and the main reason that i'm saying that is that they did they did say that like you know one of our things we're going to do is to really reduce the skew count and then they listed their uh december releases for mercenaries and it's a bunch of different skews of of mercenaries that are like you know, you can buy this Merc or this Merc or that one, but they're not, it's not like they're all bundled together. Um, it's, you know, 10 or 15 different SKUs. Right. But those, I mean, let me be devil, devil's advocate for just a moment and say, but those models are specifically intended to be purchased for multiple different armies. You know what I mean? They're, those are the Merc mm-hmm. models. Sure. But they also very easily could have, I don't know, had them in the, 
mercenary pack or something. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so one other thing I wanted to talk about that's on here is they say, and I'm going to quote them here from the article. Um, uh, where is it? Sorry, should have been more prepared. So it says it's it's talking about the different cadres, and then it says once we introduce battle engines and gargantuans, the throne of Everblight and the archangel will be added to their cadre offerings. How far out do you think battle engines and gargantuans are, or do you think do you think they're going to look completely different from what they do today? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think they're going to have a decent incentive to release them sooner than later because they make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong in feeling like gargantuans, colossals, battle engines, all? were a nightmare to balance. Um, I mean, balancing anything sounds like a nightmare to me personally. Well, I mean, anytime you're balancing the high point cost model, it's kind of an added degree of difficulty. I feel like this is something that's going to get put on the back burner for a fairly long time. What's your, you should, you should pick your over under point. Uh, at what period of time, how far out from, from now, from launch, the end of October. Okay, so from the end of October, when is the first Battle Engine slash Colossal slash Gargantuan released for the new factions or for the uh-huh. rule, rules for the old ones? For the new factions. I mean, he made it sound like... It was all kind of happening at the same time. Yeah, they wouldn't release until there was new ones. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to put an actual date on it. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with spring of 2025, so two and a half years. Oh, I, I will go under. I think you're wrong. I actually think I, I'm being conservative, but I, I actually think it's going to be higher than that. But I think that, yeah, I'm, I definitely think spring 2025 is the earliest we'll see them. I was, I was trying to pick where I thought we would see the first ones, and I went with spring of 2024. That's only a year and a half away. I mean, that's that's yes. like that's <laughs> that's at the end of their current. Like, this is what our current release schedule is that they've mentioned. Yes. Yeah, yes. no way. There is no way. <laughs> what, I, what, what, are you I'll picking be, over or under, Josh? I think. Look, I'm a guy who's been waiting for his factions for his entire life, so I'm over. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm probably saying too early. What it's realistically going to be is christmas of uh 2024 yeah so i'm basically i'm just saying as basically a season earlier than trevor i got you yeah i'm trying to be positive i i'm taking the over on my own my own line <laughs> <laughs> uh another another thing that i'm not sure we covered was it, it does specify that the you can only play old cadres with old arm old armies yeah and new cadres with new armies and so you know the the new sweet storm legion cadres that come out you're not going to be able to play with your old signer army and yeah and likewise vice versa. yeah likewise if there's a new you know let's say there's a new legion army of some sort you're not going to be able to play the spawning vessel or the succubus thank god that you won't uh, be able to play those with the new legion army but you know, you're not going to be able to play beast handlers with the new. Well, if, there, if there's ever a new scoring army, it'll be there'll be something different, something new. It is it is really interesting trying to think of what the um, the hordes factions are going to be or look like because 
I can see arguments on. I mean, really, about the only one that I see a pretty good chance of being fairly similar to how it was previously is Circle. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I've said it before, and I, maybe it was off the air, but I, I think the first two you're going to see is Circle and Legion of some sort. They're going to, those, I, I think that, I don't think you're going to see Scorn at all. I, that's my my gut reaction. I don't think I, you're, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Circle and then something new. And yeah. that something new, obviously, is going to be Menoth Zoo, but... <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked by that, but I think eventually you'll still see Legion. I just don't see Legion going. Yeah, away. probably. The dragons. Yeah, they're as well. Blighted dragons sell especially well. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. So, um, I guess to wrap things up, overall, what are your opinions or thoughts on the this this write up about mercenaries and and cadres? Well. So here's my my counter question to you two. Does this do the things that were stated in the original article that we talked about in our first few episodes about Mark IV? Does it streamline it? Does it make it simpler? Is is this better for the game? It feels like it to me. Like it feels like it does streamline it. I think it's a good I mean, in general, I think it's an improvement on their system. Um I don't know. I mean it it, it feels like the model that Private Press is wanting to pursue is more of the... I, I'm going to say this, and it's going to evoke bad reactions from people, but um, I think that they're pursuing more of like a Games Workshop uh, model, where instead of you know having Signar and putting out releases for that faction uh, year after year after year until it gets super big, there's just going to be a bunch of these mini-armies that uh, pro- proliferate uh, a, a, a pretty big breadth of, uh, of of armies. Do you do you think that's going to make it harder or easier on the tournament player to know what's across the table from him? Um, um, Keeping in mind that this is just conjecture from us because none of us have played in the tournament environment that is Games Workshop. Right. There's lots and lots of different combinations. We've only played in the privateer press <laughs> sphere where, you know, every single thing is a different combination. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, Especially during Mark II, there was a time when it felt like it felt like every time you sat down at a tournament table, there was a different caster you were seeing. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I don't know if it's um, I don't know. I think in what a way, think? I, I think in a way it is better um, in theory the because of the way the armies are set up it's almost like i guess it's almost like theme lists but it's more in a way it's more restrictive um i mean i i don't i feel like obviously we we learned the lesson that it doesn't work to have a faction and just add models for that faction infinitely yeah there was definitely times in in mark ii especially where you if you knew all the models in the game or the vast majority of them in a tournament scenario, you were in a very better, you were in a much superior position because you could kind of see the combinations and the thing, and you'd still get caught off guard because there'd be combinations. Some guy would be sitting at home making his, you know, the equivalent of his magic deck out of all commons that had a combo that you just, you would not expect, but 
there would there you'd get to the point where you'd played so many games and you'd seen so many casters that you knew you knew their general shtick you know you knew generally what they could do and while you may not have seen every permutation of it you you could handle it it just feels like this while there's still going to be a lot of that it's not going to be to the same degree because you're not going to be able to pull in the the deck of commons thing is not as going to be as common you know you've only got so many things to pull in to make that really weird off the wall list so in my mind it's going to be better and certainly to some degree at least in the beginning it's going to feel a little bit stale i think until you get enough models out there to mix it up and that's not necessarily a bad thing so there was definitely times in mark three where it felt stale where every single table you sat down wasn't you know especially i i'm specifically targeting the time period when theme lists were just barely coming out and only a few factions had good ones and you'd go to Mm -hmm. a tournament and it was just those same theme lists as far as you could see everybody was playing the same stuff that that the crick strider spam or whatever that kind of thing i mean the one i was thinking of was una 2 specifically Mm -hmm. i i i played some of my best war machine of my entire career at um the las vegas open um in the iron still got spanked by uh yeah like a red dead child (laughs) yeah i mean i was i was on point i was playing some of my best games of all time and played a game against una 2 where i mean i i couldn't do anything there there was it was just inevitable that i lost and i i feel like i picked the best list i had against it and it just anyway i don't want to get back into into mark three but point being there was definitely a time period of about i don't know what it was six months where every tournament we went to, you would see the same stuff over and over mm-hmm. again. And there was very specific lists that were winning, you know, um, because of balance issues or whatever they were. And I just, I just, I think you're probably going to see something similar at the beginning of Mark Four, just because there's such limited stuff. There's going to be a few that are going to rise to the top and going to be way more common at major events. Yeah, I, uh, I guess one note of positivity that I'll say about it all is that. Well, I'll have one caveat. My, I, I will say that my preferred solution of what I wish Privateer Press would have done was to just say, you know what, all the old models are in the legacy format now, and and we're we're starting a new edition, a new format. Um, and they they decided not to do that, and and I, I can understand why they did. Um, but with with that caveat, I'll say that. Um, it does feel to me like they're making a lot of smart decisions with how they're trying to relaunch this game. And so uh, that's that's something that um, is encouraging to me, I guess. Yeah, it's encouraging to me as well. I just, I think that maybe some of these decisions would have, should have been made earlier. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like we're, I don't want to call it too late because it's not, um, but it just feels like, we're and the best I, time oh, for them to have planted this tree was five uh five years ago the second best time is today <laughs> yes the best time is today yeah the second best time is always today uh but yeah there's i i'm trying to remember what was the first year was it 2003 2000 is this game 20 years old now essentially uh probably yeah yeah somewhere in there over I mean, yeah over 20 years old yeah this is these are some of these things should have been done a long time ago <laughs> Yeah. Well, I I am interested to see what uh what the tree grows into, I guess. <laughs>
they do it, it there is a surprising amount of um interest and goodwill still towards the company um i i guess i shouldn't say surprising but um i th- i think that there's a lot of people who want this new edition of the game to be good yeah i mean they've for a game that's been around as long as it has now and it it's a long time um there's a lot of gamers out there who have fond memories and this is the opportunity mm-hmm for them to look back on fond memories and let go of some of the bad memories and sort of say, yeah, I really liked what Privateer Press did back in the day and hope for that same feeling in the future. Um, So, and I think there's just really a lot of people in that category that can, you know, that could end up being returning to the game. It could end up being a a big deal for Privateer Press. All right. Well, let's, wrap up this episode here and let us know what you guys think of the pending release of war machine mark 4 